0: Welcome to Stories Jesus Told, a podcast of Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Wisconsin. Here
1: is Trinity's Rick Adams and Pastor Carl Lanbauer.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt. And it is Saturday, June 17th, and we find ourselves at the end of another week of podcasts with Pastor Carl Anbauer.
1: Yep. Good to be here with you again.
0: It's good to be here too with you. And we're going to be looking at another epistle of Paul's, Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 11. Again, uh, as we finish up our parable of this week, which is the parables of the lost and the found, I think we're going to find some uh, great instruction here from the Apostle Paul.
1: Yeah, yeah. In a way, this starts to turn things just a little bit in a new direction because uh, we're going to see Paul's. longing for Christ, and it's in a way it's a reflection of the longing that Christ has for us. But let me read these words from Philippians chapter 3. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead.
0: I think uh, in the verses that precede this, Paul has kind of given his resume, right? As a Pharisee, as a member of the tribe of Benjamin and a teacher of teachers. You know, he talks about his zeal and persecuting the church. And, um, yeah, he's very he's, legalistic.
1: Yeah, and impressive, right? right. He's, he's as good of a Pharisee as you're going to find. And so he's got, he's got all the religious credentials to impress.
0: Yeah, and after clicking off all of those, he, he lands at verse 8 where he says it's all a loss. hmm yeah. Compared to knowing Christ. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Bible translators use a more elegant word here for what is really described in the Greek for rubbish. The actual world word can't be repeated here, <laughs> but it's the word you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but he he's describing in the clearest terms, right? Just... What a heart that is fully devoted to God looks like,
1: compared to what it used to be, and it's stunning. Yeah, this is one of my favorite passages because it just it just beckons me to dive deeper and into my relationship with Jesus Christ to yeah. know Him. And when you're around somebody who is um, so passionate, you just get swept away in that. And this is one of those moments where Paul's passion shows up, and you start to to, to say, boy, he knows Jesus in a way that I wish I knew Jesus, yeah. and and um, so yeah, this is a passage that has had a pretty pretty significant impact on me, and that every time I come back to it, it draws me further uh, into that desire.
0: There's some intimidating language here, isn't there? I mean, when you look at verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. Okay, that's good, I get that, <laughs> but then he has, he takes it a step further. And participate in his sufferings, in the participation of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Mm-hmm. What are we asking for here?
1: Well, what Paul Paul is describing literally, I want the dignity of of sharing in Christ's sufferings. Mm-hmm. I want, and in a sense, if you think back a few weeks to when we were in First Peter as a congregation, there was a lot of conversation about suffering for doing good. Right? Mm-hmm. Peter's like, it's no no credit to you if you suffer for doing bad things and you're punished. Then you deserve it. But if you suffer for doing what's good and what's doing, doing what's right, if you suffer for your faith, that is a gracious thing in the sight of God. And Paul is saying, I want the dignity of my sufferings in this world to be a, a part of what Christ is doing. I want it to, to matter. I want it to be a love for Christ being expressed. And I want it to be Christ's love for the world being expressed through me as I suffer for the sake of God. Of the churches, suffer for the sake of the lost, uh, he's, he's saying, I want to, to share in who Christ is to such an extent that just as Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, I also, for the joy set before me, would suffer.
0: Right. It's almost like proof that you're on the right track, <laughs> right? I'm, I think about, was it Peter and John in Acts, after they had gone through an interrogation of the Sanhedrin, and I think that they were beaten. They they came out rejoicing that they were counted worthy to mm-hmm. suffer for the name of Christ.
1: It's
0: mm-hmm. similar expression here
1: from Paul. Yep, yep. And it, and it's commonplace. So Luke has it there in Acts. Paul has it in Romans. Mm-hmm. We just mentioned First Peter, where right. it's the whole book of First Peter. James is something similar. This is this is the transformed the the uh, to use Paul's language in Romans twelve. Uh, the having a transformed mind having a a, a new mind um, i didn 't get that language right it 's going to bug me, but anyway the that transformation that Paul describes, where all of our perceptions change about the way the world works and what matters, our perception of suffering it it changes i i don 't want to suffer, but I do want to be like Christ, Christ suffered, and those two things start to merge, yeah. And
0: uh, And what what we're talking about here is not necessarily, although it could be included, but it's not exclusively the level of suffering that some Christians in other places on the globe are facing, where they're literally, their lives are in danger on a daily basis. But suffering can become much more subtle and in the weeds, in, in our context here, when it might be somebody who from whom you're estranged because of your Mm -hmm. faith in Christ, where it it might be a child or a grandchild, a grown child or grandchild, who isn't happy with your perspective on your worldview because because of the fact that you believe what the scriptures are telling you, there's going to be blowback, and Mm -hmm. there's going to be a mild amount, if not more, severe suffering as a consequence of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, from, uh, yeah, there's a spectrum from outright painful persecution to, on the other end, just kind of a discomfort, right. you know. And and we live on the more comfortable end of that spectrum, but mm-hmm. it's shifted. It, it's shifted to, to where people are starting to have jobs that are threatened in some cases or yeah. feel silenced. Or, or if you're a college student and yeah. you're
0: silenced or intimidated into being silent about what you believe.
1: Yeah. And... And part of what Paul's communicating here as we he read these words is that not just to sort of embrace the, the suffering as okay, but to say, he's saying, there is a relationship with Christ that turns that suffering actually into a joy, right. into something that you can mm-hmm. um, can can look at and thank God for, like the apostles, that they were counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus.
0: Yeah, you you've alluded to the sign that I have in my office from Francis Chan on a number of occasions that something is wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers. And the point being that if if our whole deal in life as a Christian is to remain undercover and anonymous so that nobody will find out, Mm -hmm. then we're not
1: understanding what Paul is talking about here. Yeah, yeah. now I can quote the Romans 12. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. that's what you're describing. It is a renewed mind. And that renewed mind actually can change our perception of what it looks like when when suffering presents itself. If I can suffer for the sake of Jesus, that's a privilege. Kind of kind of in a parallel way, I would say, like when you're suffering for the sake of your child. You know, there's there's a the privilege to that. It's you know, I, I don't want to be dragged out of bed in the middle of the night by, you know, the the angry neighbor who's making you know, noise or the party next door or whatever. But if it's my baby, yes. there's a little bit of a dignity and a little bit of a joy in knowing that my my lost sleep is serving someone else. How much more so when the one that you have the opportunity to suffer for suffered for you to right. the degree that Jesus did, which is greater than just the physical brutality of the cross. It's the damnation. It is the suffering, the sins of the world, including all of mine, that he endured that for me that that's what transforms.
0: And it, again, I think it's something that comes from outside of us into us. The uh, the idea that uh, uh, we have that peace that passes understanding. We can't create it. We cannot. Um, it doesn't originate from within us. Mm-hmm. It comes from the outside. Yeah. My mind also goes to uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm-hmm. a great Lutheran pastor from. Germany during the the Nazi regime, Uh, he has this quote, and of course, if you know the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you've ever heard of him, he ended up dying in a Nazi concentration camp in Flossenburg, Germany, within days of the Allied army liberating it. But one of the quotes that he is famous for is that when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. Uh And I don't know if he realized just how literally true that would be for him, mm-hmm. but whether you end up dying a martyr's death or not, there's still a death that takes place in every man or woman that comes to Christ because it's the death of ourselves it's the we're, we're dead to the to, to ourselves, and we're alive in christ and there's the, that certainly mm-hmm. is a part of what Paul is talking
1: about yeah, here. yeah, really, you're talking about that. Baptism and returning to your baptism. Yeah. Through daily contrition and repentance, we are drowned and die with all sin and evil desire. So that a new man can daily emerge and arise. And that dying to self is the dying of all of the desires that would have nothing to do with Christ. Right. And it is the embracing of the Holy Spirit in us, the Spirit of Christ, who leads us to desire new and different things. Yeah. And uh, what's, uh, what looks from the outside in like a death from the inside, being experienced is life mm-hmm. and joy and peace. And um, it, and from the outside in, can even be in my own mind. It feels like a death to deny my desire to, to get even. But when I die to that desire and I confess it to God and receive his grace and his forgiveness and then give that grace and forgiveness to somebody else, I feel so much more alive. Yeah felt like the absolute worst thing, wrong thing to do. Uh, not morally, but just wrong because of what I'm giving up. But in reality, it's God giving to me and providing me with life and renewal. And the same can be said of really all temptation, every every place where we would put our desires and pit them against Christ. That's the place to die to ourselves. And that's the road to the kind of relationship with Jesus that Paul has and describes. And that fills me with longing to want to know Christ in in that kind of a way.
0: Yeah, he, he says as much in uh, that phrase where he says, I consider them rubbish or garbage, you know, his resume, all of that, that I may gain Christ. Mm-hmm. You know that phrase, that I may gain Christ, to be known by him. It can't come from Paul's works. It can only come on the basis of faith. And yeah. uh, it's a transformation that happens... Totally from the outside in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Paul's relationship with Jesus is so powerful and personal mm-hmm. here. And um, it is, I, th- I think it's somewhat tragic that we settle sometimes for a theological relationship yeah. with Jesus yeah. or or kind of a savior-only relationship with Jesus where I'll, I'll confess my sins, he'll forgive me, but it doesn't move into the rest of my life. And that's, That's tragic. We are missing out immensely. I I get a little
0: bit of flavor of that every time I go down to the inner city Mm -hmm. uh, to deliver groceries. You're encountering uh, a relationship with Jesus down there that transcends, I think, a lot of what people are familiar with out here in the comfortable suburbs because they're so light on the uh, material possessions that they've got really nothing but prayer Mm-hmm. And the and the faith that God is there with them, mm-hmm. but they seem so much more mm-hmm. <laughs> happy mm-hmm. and uh, ready to you know to be used by God for whatever purposes He has. It's a very humbling experience.
1: Yeah, Africa was the same way. Yeah. It was very
0: similar. And for the sake of time, we should probably quickly move into our rejoice, repent, request. There's so much here that we can rejoice with. Uh, you you alluded to before that we can have the heart of Paul and seek a a deeper, more meaningful relationship that uh, with Jesus. That's not just about head knowledge. Hmm. I mean, to, to just to think,
1: I, I rejoice that it's possible to know Christ in the way that makes suffering a joy. Yeah, that is profound and powerful and right. awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. So I just rejoice that this is even possible. Yes, and, and it will become a reality and the last day for sure that we can dip our toes into in, in this life.
0: Yes. Is it, is it wrong to ask for hardships? <laughs> uh, I, I might be foolish. <laughs> <if not. laughs> uh.
1: But certainly the heart to be able to rejoice in that. Yeah. Yeah. Something to be a request. Yeah. So, to know Christ in that way. Right.
0: Well, that takes us to the end of this week. It's been a wonderful privilege to sit across the table and share God's word with with you, Pastor Carl, and also with everybody out there who's listening. Uh, again, we want to invite you to rate this podcast so that more people, it might become more visible on the platform that you're using. And this being Saturday, I guess we want to make sure we invite everybody to worship either
1: tonight or tomorrow morning. Yep, we'd love to, to see you face-to-face, worship together And then we'll dive back in on Monday with uh, more content here. And hopefully uh, you're also tracking along with with that book and having some great conversations of your own along the way. Very good.
0: All right, everybody. May God bless your weekend, and we will see you on Monday.